Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Believe in UCLA, the UCLA sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Sam Conan. I am joined once again by my co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, how's it going? Good, good. I'm feeling sweet, like a sweet 16. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of people feeling that way right now. UCLA beats number five seed St. Mary's 72-56 on Saturday night. We're here to break that down. There's other stuff going on. Uh, I, I just came from the, the WNIT. Uh, w- women's teams going to the round of 16 for, for that tournament. So it's a good for them there. Uh, you know, baseball is playing a close series with Harvard and, you know, football had their, their pro day on Tuesday, but it's, it's March madness. It's time to talk <laughs> the, the, the big leagues right here. Uh, so it, it's, it's time that we break it all down. And if you're interested in hearing what we have to say uh, moving forward or take a, a listen back to what Travis and I were talking about earlier in the week, earlier in the tournament, uh, you can just, you know, look on back. We we've got it all here. So all season long, we've been talking UCLA and we will continue to do so uh, all year, all year round. Let's uh, let's keep it going. <laughs> the, the longer, the better. So make sure to uh, subscribe, like turn on notifications, all that fun stuff, wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. And with that down and out of the way, let's get into this game, Travis. St. Mm-hmm. Mary's came in as a, a, a sleeper pick, I feel like. A lot of people were high on St. Mary's, and for good reason. They were pretty much a consensus top 20 team in the net, Ken Palm. Uh, the mm-hmm. Bartorovic, all the, like the super nitty gritty analytics. Oh, they all love St. Mary's. They were five seed for a reason. They'd beaten Gonzaga before this year. And for a, a good chunk of that game, probably like the first 10 minutes or so, they, they were giving UCLA the work. And then all of a sudden, sudden the, the Bruins come back and just really take control. Just a quality win. I, I think we were talking, the, the line was two and a half. And I was a, a, I was very skeptical, but I, I took UCLA on it. You were more confident, and uh, yeah, I mean they won by what sixteen, so <laughs> <laughs> they covered all right. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I definitely felt like uh, you know, like they were actually a good matchup for UCLA in a way, just because like they wasn't a, a pressing team, it wasn't a fast break team, it wasn't going to wear UCLA out. And with Cronin playing like the subs, what he plays, he plays his his main five guys in a lot of minutes, there wasn't going to be worn out, you know, but what, what uh, St. Mary's is, it was a veteran team with a veteran point guard. I remember they said that he played like 139 games or something. Yeah. I was just like, wow, that's like <laughs> six seasons. I, I think it was even more, honestly. I, yeah, I think he's yeah, like it might've been like years old or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, he's played a lot of years. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guy that actually Nick Crowley recruited to Cincinnati yeah, uh, was uh, killing Johnson. us. Yeah, Johnson was killing us, you know, in the first half. Uh, but I felt definitely like the pace was ours. And to me, like I said, Jaime Hawkins is our matchup probably. No team that I've seen as of yet, right, and that includes North Carolina coming up, but we'll, we'll discuss that later, has a matchup for Jaime. Because he he's he, he could take the bigger guys off the dribble, and he could take the little guys inside. So to me, as people saw in that last game, they couldn't have had nobody can guard him. St. Mary's couldn't, you know. And the coach said it in the interview, which was made me laugh. He was like, "Homie's killing us." <laughs> um, you know, you, you know, he scored like I felt like half the points 
at the half, you know. Um, now, obviously, you know, we'll get into the point where he got injured and, like, you know, we, we finally seen a Johnny Juzang, uh, finally seen the real Johnny Juzang, please stand up in the <laughs> second half, you know, because I was like, I don't know who this guy was the first game and a half. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, I think um, UCLA buckled down. I felt like I heard Coach Cronin yelling at him in the, in the, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the, uh, you know, huddles telling them to get on their job and get what they're doing. And once they really got on, we really got on them. You saw a totally different UCLA team defensively. And I would say it's one of their better defensive games of the whole season. They locked St. Mary's up. Yeah. I, 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 I just want to look back because I saw, well, they held Akron to 53 in the first game, held St. Mary's to 56 in the second game. And I was looking back, I'm like, you know, that's not all that out of the ordinary for them. So if, I was since the uh, that Long Beach State game when they first came back from COVID, they were defense was kind of spotty there, obviously. Uh, but the Cal game right after that, from then until now, taking out the three games against Arizona, because let's say Arizona is an outlier because they have probably the best or second best offense in the country. UCLA is allowing 60 points a game. Like that's nuts. That's that's crazy. And they they did it with a like a lot of different guys on Saturday. Usually it's like, oh, well, it's Miles and Jalen. They're playing defense and high making muck it up a little bit. But really, just those two. Well, I mean, Miles Johnson played pretty good defense, but it was Cody Riley playing good defense. Peyton Watson playing great defense. Yeah. It, it was all Johnny Juzang swarming to the ball. And I, I think there was a, a possession early on where so. The first few possessions, St. Mary's gets a couple layups. Uh, they're going at Cody. Cronin pulls Cody, puts in Miles, and they go to a zone. Last one possession, they let up a three. It doesn't work. They go back to what they were doing before, but they keep Miles in. And then they're switching on the, on the pick and roll, and Miles is up top, and whoever it is is down in the post defending. And then they're, they're kind of just off a little bit because they're trying to swarm and like double team in the post because they know it's a mismatch. And St. Mary's pulling them apart. I think it was 16 to nine. Then they put Cody back in and they, they continue switching, but they just trust the guys. They don't double. They don't over rotate like they were earlier on when Johnson was tearing them apart, when they were hitting big threes and everything. And that's when their defense took off because they had the length and the athleticism of Jalen and Peyton in there, but they also just had good fundamental defense from Cody Riley, which we haven't seen in a while. <laughs> and, and it's not like a slight on him. It's good because he's back. Uh, I, I don't want to say he's a hundred percent back forever, but on Saturday, he looked like the Cody Riley of last year's March madness. And especially on defense, UCLA needed that. And that was just great to see. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, defensively, Cody Riley looked at really, really good offensively still struggles. Um, obviously yeah, let's he, was, he was, he was three for four. So his shot selection was better. Yeah. There, he had that and one right after Jaime. Yeah, went out. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, straight yeah. out of last year's big, game where, cause big. all year he wouldn't like go up with strength to the rim. He'd <laughs> fall away. And in that, with that and one after Jaime's out, when they have their bruiser gone, it's Cody Riley who comes back. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to use this muscle and just go right at this guy, go up he, to the rim and absorb contact. And one, like I said, he should have used the right hand on the right side, but okay, <laughs> we're not, not being nitpicky here. But that was a big and one. And then obviously the three dagger at the end of the shot clock. <laughs> you love to like, see oh, that. Oh, oh, <laughs> That's when you know. <laughs> That's when you know it's your day. Um, like I said, but defensively, they were switching. He was actually staying in front of uh, uh, St. Mary's point guard, which was really like also shocking. But also great to see because I felt like um, Nick Cronin was like, I'm going to go with my five, my five that got me to the final four last year. And this year, you know, so far he's been proven right in these first two games. Um, what is, it has hurt Johnson's confidence because I remember one time Johnson, they threw a lob over to him. He was in the basket for a layup. He throws it back out for a jumper. And I'm like, you're 6'11". They don't have a shot blocker. Just go up. But um, 
you have to go with the five. I think he's going with his main guys, but I like the fact that he's playing Perry Watson more and more because he's going to need him, especially this next one. We'll get into that. Uh, to beat North Carolina, you're gonna have you're gonna need some athletics, you know, some athletic players. Oh, North Carolina, oh, definitely. Yeah, because North Carolina is full of them. Period. Now they're not the most disciplined team, <laughs> but if you think about it, you know, they really, in all honesty, they should have lost against Baylor. But in all honesty, before that 10 minute mark, they dominated Baylor. It wasn't even a contest. They were up 25 points. Uh, I think you know the funny thing about it is like. They have a high, they have a high me on their team. And when their high me went out, they just disintegrated. But when our high me went out, we we kept it and it kept growing. So I hope that Jaime, like I said, we'll talk about it. He hurt his ankle and in the game. And I hope that he can recover. Luckily, the game was Friday. So let's just say they flew back last night. He's, you know, Sunday, no, probably video, Monday, shoot around, Tuesday, a practice, but let's just say he doesn't practice. Um, Wednesday, you leave, Thursday, practice there in Philadelphia, Friday's the game. So um, he has a little bit of time to kind of recoup a little bit. I think, like I said, uh, but going back to the game, I just felt like, man, you know, it was one of the better games, you know, that they played all year defensively. Yeah, Let, let's talk Jaime, because uh, 15 points, 6 of 11, 3 of 4 on free throws. I think he's averaging like 20 and 7 uh, in, in his last six games or whatever it is, and UCLA has yes. won uh, every, every one of those except the Pac-12 championship against Arizona. Uh, he's just doing it all, and, yes. and you love to see that. He, I think he had six assists in the first round against Akron, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Let's see. He had uh, he had three turnovers. I think he he's picked up some more turnovers as he's been working in the post more often because guys are doubling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. it's a it happens. Yeah. But the the cool thing is that uh, UCLA only had six turnovers as a team. This team and I, I think turnovers are one of the best kind of single simple metrics you can look at for how yes. well coached a team is and how yes. like vet- you have a veteran team that made a final four run last year, all came back plus some new faces and like less than nine turnovers per game at this point, probably that that's nuts. And, and Jaime's a, a big part of that, even when his usage does go up. So I'll give him credit there, but let's, let's talk the injury for a second. Uh, this said it was day to day sprained right ankle. Uh, there was video of him uh, from the UCLA men's basketball Instagram uh, on, on their Instagram story. I think it was last night or maybe early this morning. Uh, he was coming off the team plane and he was no, no crutches or anything. We didn't see his ankle, but he was walking down the stairs of the plane. Fine. He looked all right. Uh, he's obviously had ankle injuries uh, throughout the year. Yeah. I think he left two games early with them, missed one game with them. Uh, he's been wearing braces on both ankles for a month and a half at this point. Mick Cronin said, if he can walk, he'll play. And <laughs> okay. I kind of, I kind of believe him because yeah, yeah. there have been some other ankle injuries for Jaime where you see it and you watch the replay and you hear it and you're like, Oh my God, he's done for the year. So this, pff, come on. What is it? Mick Cronin said he's sprained his ankle so many times. I don't know how, how much more there is to sprain. So, <laughs> Travis, I wonder when in, in your, in your playing days, did you ever like have ankle issues, anything chronic or sprain an ankle? How, how likely is it that Jaime can play through pain and how, how would you approach this knowing that there's six days of rest? Well, pretty much I've, I, I would say this, I've sprained my ankle badly before, you know, game, um, like during the game, what I do, what I, what I did, and not necessarily not saying I'm this is the smartest thing. I would relace my shoe tight and real tight, so you can't really feel it, you know. And they, that was that was the thing that coaches would tell you back in my day that uh, that you wanted to need to do is tie shoes up, tie shoes up real tight. So it basically, cuts off the circulation <laughs> from the blood <laughs> getting down there, and so you just play like that. Now. He's been wearing braces, so the ankle sprain is probably not as severe as if he wasn't. 
And like you said, he sprained it so many times, he's, he's probably got used to it, you know? He's probably been, his ankles probably got, uh, you know, kind of like stretched out, you know, like the, the, the ligaments. So if he's walking, I, I thought he was going to be in a walking boot, you know, coming back from the plane or whatever. But if he's not in a walking boot, if he's just walking, now it's just kind of up to him on, on pain tolerance. And what I mean by that is like, how much pain can he jump off of? Can he run? Can he run? Running will be the easiest. The jumping will be the hardest. Stopping and starting, you know? When you're grappling inside, if you're a big man, he's grappling inside. Now, luckily for him, uh, the big man that he will be playing is more of an outside big man. Uh, I can't think of his name for for North Carolina. But, uh, you know, like, so it won't be a lot of banging inside because he's not really a banger. But I think it's just mainly pain tolerance and, and see how much pain he can actually take. Now, I mean, he's the heart and soul of the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that he needs – if he plays well, UCLA plays well. So if I'm him, I'm doing 24-7 around the clock, just ice stem, ice stem, ice stem, ice stem, four or five, six times a day to get the, uh, get the blood out of it, out of the leg and get the information out of it. That way, you know, by Friday – by Thursday night, you know, like it can maybe be moving. And then by Friday, it could be at least, I wouldn't say he'll be 100%. He won't be 100% probably till about after next week. But let's just say if he's 80%. If they can get to 80, 80, 85, that's still good enough for them to win. Yeah. And he, in all likelihood, and, and I think Cronin has said this uh, at times this year, that he's not, he hasn't even been playing at 100% he has adapted his game to account for the ankle injuries, the, the, whether it's the pain or just the physical inability to have the kind of bounce he had uh, last season or very mm-hmm. early this season where mm-hmm. he's become more of a true four uh, instead of the kind of point forward that he was before. So I, he's done the prerequisite work to, to prepare for even another injury because he's been through this, and he's already been kind of molding his game this way. I think the um, it'll be interesting because uh, Manic is the UNC guy. He'll probably get matched up with. Um, he's the one who got ejected, I think, with yeah, the throwing yeah. the elbow against Baylor. Um, and and so obviously and that's he, that throwing an elbow thing was a it was worth the ejection, but a one off. But outside yeah. of that, he's a physical dude. He yeah. and Jaime will definitely be bumping each other just all night. And think about what he does, right? He does what Jaime does for UCLA. He brings the ball up sometimes for North Carolina. He can shoot it, and he has been on fire lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he I mean, got he a jack- had like twenty something before he, he got tw- kicked. Out. He had twenty. He, he had twenty six points with ten minutes left in the game. That's wild. You know, he could have. And, yeah, let's see, he had he had twenty. <laughs> he had twenty eight uh, against Marquette in the first round. Uh, he had 21 against UVA in the first round of the ACC tournament. He had 20 in the season finale against Duke, 22 against Syracuse before that. He has been killing, killing it. <laughs> and that's, he had 11 rebounds, seven rebounds, uh, one rebound, 11, five. He's got, he's yeah. got two blocks against Marquette. This yeah, game, he's, he's this a menace. Game, he's he, a yep, menace. He's the, he's UNC's high man. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more specifically about that game in a sec, but it's, it's going to be fun seeing two teams who have such similar old school gritty guys going head to head. Yes. No, I think that it's going to be a great game. We'll get into the North Carolina game in a minute, but I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm, I'm just really happy for UCLA, the players. I'm really happy for Jaime. I know he's probably been hearing it uh because everybody expects so much from him right because uh of what the run he went on last year but just different year to year things are different people you know players are different teams are they know what you are there's no sneaking up for ucla no more they know what they are so especially right now in the tournament people believe that they're final 14 and everybody's going to play everybody's going to play johnny like oh we have to stop Johnny Duzane, because last year, you know, he averaged whatever many points and they went to the final four. So it was good to see him kind of get back into a rhythm. I think without Jaime getting hurt, 
maybe Johnny doesn't get back into a rhythm. He finally hit some shots. You know, he yeah. wasn't forcing threes or trying to do too much off the bounce. He was just catching it. Boom. One dribble. Boom. You know, getting a little hook shot in the lane. Boom. Like he needs to keep it simple. You know, that's what Johnny needs to do. Keep it simple. Don't try to yeah, do the, too much. There was the, there was a, a period because it. Um... Yeah, St. Mary started the second half with a three, and then it was a four-point game. Tiger hits a two, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dukas gets a layup and a three. It's a one-point game. After that, you get a Jules Bernard three, a yep. Johnny Juzang mid-range jumper, mm-hmm. a Jules Bernard three, a Jules Bernard layup, uh, and then three mid-range jumpers by Johnny in a row. So yes. just between those two, who have been hot and cold at times this season, and sometimes their hottest nights haven't lined up. Sometimes they have. I think against in the two games against Long Beach State, they each they, they combined for like 48 <laughs> in, <laughs> they, they tore Long Beach State State apart. And you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I guess St. Mary's is just Long Beach State uh in terms of defense. <laughs> it, it just if you if you ask Johnny and Jules about it. So good good for them. They got going. That that was definitely nice. Uh UCLA got going in the paint much better than they did against Akron. I think they had oh gosh, yes. 12 yes. points in the paint against Akron, and then they get uh, let me see here. Twenty-eight. Uh, I think Jaime had like twelve or fourteen yeah. on his own. You figure like this: if, if Jaime doesn't get hurt, they probably end up for like going for forty inside because they yeah. were going through him. And I said, Jaime, get the ball to Jaime, barbecue chicken, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they had nobody who can guard him. I don't think I don't think North Carolina has anybody who can guard him. But like, um, I think UCLA needs to start going, like, go through him, and then work their way inside out. Inside out, and when I mean inside out, go to Jaime mostly. Give Cody, a, a, you know, a layup here, a layup there, or at least a layup attempt, so he can play better defense. And then we'll work our way through the guards because Jules Bernard and, and, and Johnny they'll get, especially against North Carolina, because North Carolina is an up and down team. They don't care. They they want to outscore you. Yeah. Uh, just final few takeaways here from the St. Mary's game. Tiger, uh, he had 16 points again, second game in a row, shooting 50% from the field, eight for eight from the free throw line. I mean, this this guy could not hit a three to save his life in the past two years, was below average from the free throw line, and now he's great at both. So that's good to see. Uh, Jules, Johnny go for 14 each. Only four bench points, but you got some really good defensive minutes from Jalen Clark and, and Peyton Watson. So yes, that's good. Yes, yes. Uh, final yes. takeaway here uh, before we move on to the North Carolina game and all that stuff. I just want to say, like, Randy Bennett, Mick Cronin, like, it, it was so good to see a well coached game. Like, yeah, Mick Cronin won the coaching battle and it was two good teams, and UCLA came out on top pretty comfortably. But Randy Bennett, Mick Cronin, probably two of the top four coaches on the West Coast. If you want to put like Dana Altman and Mark Few there too, uh, if you want to include Arizona as a West Coast, I mean they're West by the West Coast, and then you got uh, Tommy Lloyd there too. So there's some really good coaches in the West Coast, and two of them went head to head last night. West Coast famously gets overlooked uh, in terms of basketball and football, whatever it is, just because East Coast bias time zone staying up late and it, it's always fun to see a, a good fundamental high quality basketball game with two good coaches who are yeah, well. just really defining their own programs because i remember randy bennett was a name that was thrown out there for the ucla job in 2019 they obviously end up getting mick cronin but randy bennett has been at saint mary since i want to say 2002 or 2003 mick cronin said it after the game last night where he's probably going to have a statue of built outside their arena or like the court named after him or something. And Mick Cronin, obviously everyone loves him here right now. Got a six year extension. So just good, good for West coast basketball. Even, even if St. Mary's lost, it's just, it was good to see. Oh, no, no. You, you figure like the last time they played was 1976. I think when, it was uh, ni- 19 wait St. Mary's in UCLA. Yeah. Was I 76? think it was 1990. Oh, it was a 99. Okay. 90. Yeah. So it was, I, I thought that was just two West Coast teams, but it might have been, I thought it was like the first the first time UCLA's played a West Coast team in a tournament in a really, really long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, so for me, I think that it just shows you that, you know, the West Coast has a lot of talent. I think that both teams are very similar. 
they play a lot like like very physical, very fundamentally sound. Uh, and so like they were mirror images of each other. I think I think that uh, the difference was Tiger outplayed their point guard a lot. Tiger, these first two games has been sensational. Um, he hasn't really turned the ball over. He's beginning to the free throw line. He's been hitting his open shots. I mean, he hits his, his mid-rangers consistently. The, the 15 to 17 feet shots, he hits those consistently. Um, I think in these tournament games, you need players like Tiger, uh, you know, great guard play. And he's been tremendous these first two games. If I had an MVP, I, would, I wouldn't even say Jaime. I would probably say Tiger just because Tiger is controlled. Yeah, granted, he didn't have a lot of assists but he, he doesn't turn the ball over and he controls the tempo of the game, which is crucial in the tournament. You have to be able to control the tempo or you will not win. Yeah. Uh, I think just because I, I think this speaks to your point. Well, the, the leaders in plus minus you had Cody Riley at plus 19, which he was 22 above miles Johnson. That never happens. It's usually the opposite, <laughs> but Tiger Campbell is a plus 22. Mm-hmm. You usually, he usually plays very well on offense. He's yes. very consistent, whether it's as a shooter, passer, like having the protecting the ball, running the offense. That's good. But there are some nights where his defense kind of eats into that a little bit. So it's tough for a guy who's so small, who is not seen as a good defender to have such a high plus minus. And when you have the best plus minus on the team at plus 22 as five, at five ten good for him that that's that's exactly what you want tons of people take multivitamins but it's important to choose one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right their special blend of ingredients supports gut health your nervous system your immune system energy recovery focus and aging it's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Let's talk Sweet 16, because yes, UCLA is going to the Sweet 16 for, I want to say, fifth time in the last eight tournaments. Uh, back-to-back years now. Um, who knows? Maybe they could have been a, a Sweet 16 team if they hadn't canceled the tournament in 2020 because that team was rolling. But yeah, they're back. UCLA is a final 16 team again. They're going against number eight seed North Carolina, UNC. Uh, they beat Marquette pretty handily in the first round. And then in the second round, they played number one seed Baylor, uh, who, I mean, you, you we had talked about it a little bit when we were talking about how far UCLA could go that we kind of assumed that it would be Baylor in this game. I <laughs> uh, like most people um, because Baylor, even though they were the fourth one seed was still one seed. They were great. They were number one in the country at one point this year. They got talent. Yeah. They had a few injuries here and there, but they were still great. Uh, not great enough to beat North Carolina. They lost 93 to 86 and uh, in, in overtime, North Carolina was up 25 uh, with about 10 minutes to go. And then we were talking about Manic getting ejected uh, for throwing that elbow. And then all of a sudden Baylor comes back. Akinja is playing great. Uh, who, whoever else they had. Uh, I, I know uh, where, where's their roster and everything. Uh, so, so cons so can I, I forget what the yeah. name. Yeah. He, they, he was they, playing great. He was, he was annoying to watch because he flopped oh, so much. Literally the opening tip of overtime, he took a dive away from the ball. Like, oh my God, <laughs> cut it out. But Baylor, Baylor came back from down 25, tied it. I this is not Roy Williams UNC. That's all I'll say. <laughs> they have five stars. They've got McDonald's all Americans on this team, and they will give UCLA trouble. But watching North Carolina blow a 25-point lead and not be able to inbound the ball 
running into the coffin corner, uh, the play that their coach drew up uh, at the end of regulation, just like a pull-up three with nothing on it. Like, I don't know, Hubert Davis, a lot of people are around North Carolina, and like they, they seem to like him. They liked that hire when it was announced he would be replacing Roy Williams. And uh, I just don't know if he has what it takes in year one because there were some just major, major issues, like guys not thinking about time and, and the clock and rushing shots when they're up, contact layups when they can just swing it around and bleed the clock. That, that, that's coaching things. Yes, the player's doing it on the court, but that's on the coach. And right now, I'm I'm thinking that UCLA has a pretty heavy advantage in the coaching department. And in March Madness, that obviously means a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Look, their situation, uh, yeah. Like, I thought they were point-shaving. I mean, I was, like, shocked. <laughs> I was just like, they can't even throw the ball inbounds. People are wide open and they're not even throwing it. I was like, did somebody pay off somebody to make this game closer? What? I mean, it was insane. I was like, they were going into the corner and trying to throw it off the person and throw it to the guy for a layup. I was like, it's I, they don't even teach you that. Like, that's not even that's like little kids. Like, yeah, like it, once you old. once you get past fifth grade. Like your coach would pull you for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't go to the corner. Don't go to the corner. Yeah. Don't oh, go to the my, corner. Very yeah. simple. Not now when they press it. No, I'm just. Oh. I was. I was. Like I, I was shocked. I was. I actually was watching the game. I was talking to my dad about it, and I was like, "These dudes are point shaping. These dudes. It's just insane. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, they are throwing the game away. In reality, <laughs> Baylor should have won. Um, <laughs> it's just that you know, finally, North Carolina kind of got back on track and scored. Baylor went one for eleven in the overtime. And North Carolina got back on track a little bit because Baylor was so awful in overtime. If Baylor was just decent in the overtime, they would have won the game. Um, yeah, because because yeah. usually when, once you get to overtime, overtime sucks for underdogs. Yes, ask anyone who 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 bets or is, is <laughs> just keeps an eye on college basketball year round. Because I mean, the longer the game goes, the bigger the sample size, and the bigger sample size, the the more that talent wins out over a a longer period of time. Uh, So you would expect that North Carolina, A, not having the momentum uh, after blowing a 25-point lead, and then B, being the underdog in the game, that Baylor would kind of take over. But, I mean, Baylor had to come back from down 25 in 10 minutes. They Their their legs were shot. Yeah, they They, were exhausted. They just didn't have They were exhausted, yeah. So... I think that, like you said, like they were a one seed, yes, in record, but I wouldn't say they were like they were. They could have if Kentucky wins the SEC championship, Baylor's probably a two seed, to be honest. You know, um, to Kentucky or Auburn, if they win their tournament, or if, even if Duke wins their tournament, they probably one of them becomes a one, and then Baylor becomes a two. Um, I thought North Carolina played way over their head the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes. The point guard had 30, which I've never seen him. <laughs> he hit seven threes all year. He had like five or six <laughs> in the game. I was like, this is insane. Uh, but that's what North Carolina is this year. They are a crazy streaky team. They are either hot or cold. I watched them get blown out at home by North Carolina and blown out by Kentucky. But I've also beat, uh, I mean, by, by Duke and blown out by Kentucky, but I've also seen him beat Duke in Duke in coaches, Coach K's last game. And obviously they just beat Baylor. So they have a lot of uh, talent on the team. I know their center was the ACC player of the year. Uh, he's averaging. He yeah, averages uh, Armando uh, Bacot, I think. There was yeah, Bacot, there. yeah, Bacot, yeah. Uh, he, so that's going to be a – he's going to be a heck of a challenge for Cody. And, and Miles yeah. Johnson, you know, because they, they go to him and he could score inside. He's a good score inside. I think, to be honest, what UCLA, their strength is going to be, like I said, is going to be our Jaime versus their Jaime. <laughs> <laughs> and I think our guards, Tiger is a much, even though the guard played out of his mind last, last the last game yesterday, uh, I think our guards are better. I think Tiger, Jules Bernard, and and, and John is using are better than North Carolina's mix of guards. So it's gonna be an interesting game if you see they can play at a, a good pace 
keep North Carolina out of the fast break, keep them in a half-court game where they have to work for the shots, I think UCLA has a great chance. I think, and this is just me, I think they're going to win by 10. I think if UCLA plays the right pace, they can beat North Carolina easy. Yeah, I, I, I'll i take a line, uh, a look at the line in the sec- in a second, but uh, UNC is so streaky that UCLA is either going to win by 10 or they're going to lose this game. Yes. I feel like that that's the way it goes. So yes. uh, RJ Davis, you're talking about have, having 30 points, uh, point guard for North Carolina. He kind of epitomizes their streakiness. <laughs> he had 30 points against Baylor. He had 26 points this year, 23, 21, 21. He's broken 17 a bunch of times, but then he's also like 12 games in single digits in the opening round against Marquette. He was one for 10. Is 0 for 5, 0 for 5 from 2, and 1 for 5 from 3, 50% at the free throw line. He had 12 assists in that game. He he played well enough, definitely, and, and served his role. But typically, he's not even like that level of a distributor. He's a, he's a good passer, one of the – he's probably their best passer and one of the best passers in the ACC uh, mm-hmm. at 3.7 assists. So he's, he's very good. Um, yeah. But yeah. – there are going to be games where he goes for 30 and 10 and games where he goes for six and three and two. So, and Tiger recently, Tiger has had his low points, but recently he has been kind of riding that high pretty steadily. So that's, Mm -hmm. you'll take that if you're UCLA, UNC doesn't have a Johnny Juzang, uh, UNC, they may have their Jaime, um, and they may have a really good big, but, who knows? Hunter Dickinson last year for, for Michigan, and he's killing it again this year in the tournament. But they UCLA shut down Hunter Dickinson with basically less than what they have right now. They had Cody Riley and Kenny Wuba just shut down Hunter Dickinson, seven-footer, maybe one of the best players in the country last year and this year. And now they have those two plus Miles Johnson. And yeah, he he is not uh, Hunter Dickinson. They're they're admittedly different players, but if you're if you're terrified of a single big man in terms of what they do offensively, mm-hmm. UCLA can find a way to, to shut them down. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, in terms of what it does on defense, that's a, that's a little scarier when UCLA goes against long, athletic, just do it all big men uh, like a like they did against Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. Uh, like yeah. they did against Christian Coloco and, and Balo and, and those guys with Arizona. That's what's giving them trouble. M- Manic and, and Bacot will definitely give them problems, but it's just well, a matter got- can they overcome them? Can they yeah, use Johnny? Yeah. Can Johnny hit his shots and, and make up for that? So there are ways for UCLA to win this game, even yeah. with those two main post players for North Carolina, just giving you a little trouble. Yeah, but let's let's get it clear. They ain't Arizona or Gonzaga. <laughs> well, the thing their offense can be on its best days. That's the wild thing. Yeah, they, no, they're no, averaging seventy nine right. a night. Their defense is two hundred fifty third in points per game. Let me see. Uh, just look at the the Ken Palm stuff here, really quick. Oh, uh, no just problem. To, uh, so they're twentieth best offense. Uh, so I guess the point per game are a little inflated. Forty third best defense, which is which is good, uh, but I mean, in terms of the tur- the teams left in the tournament, it's nothing you're really scared of. It's probably lower <laughs> it's tier. Probably, it's point. probably the last one, in, you know, besides St. Peter's. Yeah, it's like right there with Duke, and, and Duke's defense isn't very good, and they I mean, yeah. even though they, they won today against Michigan State, and they kind of put the clamps down late. If if you face that type of defense, which North Carolina has, and and North Carolina has fewer athletes, they don't have Paolo, they they, no. they don't have the, the dudes that Duke does. So analytically, their defenses are the same, but in terms of what UCLA hates going against, those long athletic big men and shot blockers and all that, yeah, UNC's got some guys, but they're not a horrible matchup. You should be able to score a good amount of points on this team, and when UCLA scores over seventy points, they're pretty much in the clear yeah no i think north carolina dude he, he's a good player the uh percott he's a good player but he doesn't have the motor he doesn't have the motor of a timmy he doesn't have the motor of the arizona players uh he's a good player like i said he'll he'll score he'll score and he'll get good points he might get 18 and 10 
maybe, you know, like against UCLA. But as far as motors, like that constant, what Arizona brings, they're not, not that. They're not that. Neither one of them are that. I think, like I said, I think that, um, and like I said, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. But in my opinion, they're a great matchup for UCLA. I was more worried about Baylor because Baylor was the type of team that would give UCLA big problems, you know, because the athletic, physical, big teams, you know, like in Arizona. Now, I'm not saying Baylor was Arizona, but uh, like those kind of teams give UCLA problems. I don't think, you know, these two big men, they're good, but I don't know if they're that kind of, they have that kind of motor uh, to just dominate or you know, destroy you said if Cody Riley comes to play, really comes to play uh this game, they could they should win, I think, you know, because uh I think North Carolina, like you said, is really streaky, really, really streaky. Like they can look really good, or you still like to blow them out, you know. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to look quickly at um because UNC's defense can can be decent it can be bad it can be above average but it kind of averages out to being not great we were talking about when ucla scores over 70 points they're pretty much in the clear let's look at their losses from this year uh they scored 63 points against gonzaga lost that they scored uh 81 but that was an overtime game against oregon i think they scored maybe 72 in in regulation or something Mm -hmm. um they scored 66 against Arizona. The Arizona State game went to triple overtime. I know they scored 62 in regulation in that game. Lost to USC the first time. They scored 64. Then they lost to Oregon again, scored 63. And then the Arizona game they lost uh, in the championship, uh, they scored 76. Mm-hmm. So basically, UCLA needs to break 70 to, to feel pretty good about a win. Once you get 77 or more, you're – 100% fine. You're winning every single game with the way Mick Cronin's team defends. Yes. And so UNC is allowing uh, 72 points a game. So as long as <laughs> so like just if unless UNC has one of their better defensive nights of the year, you're going to be putting up 75 points. And I, I'm pretty confident that UCLA does that. They, they put up 72 against a top 10 defense probably in St. Mary's. And we can objectively say that St. Mary's has a better defense than North Carolina is probably a better coached team on both ends, but especially on defense than North Carolina. If you put up 72 points against St. Mary's in that situation, you should be able to put up even more, maybe even get close to 80 plus against this North Carolina team. If you do that, your defense is good enough to hold their streaky guys under 75 or whatever it is. I feel pretty good about it. Started from the beginning. I think, you know, it's going to start in that first five to 10 minutes. If you let one of those streaky guys get going, uh, it might be a long night for you, you know, especially like their guards are super streaky. Um, You know, they, like you said, like they can give you 30 or they can give you six. What UCLA has to do is don't let them get going early. Don't let none of the guards get going early. And like what they should do is just make them go through uh, the big man and make them kick out and just recover to the shooters. Um, yeah, I, I think UCLA kind of ran into some trouble uh, in, in both of the past two games, but especially the St. Mary's game, they were down 16 to nine. Logan Johnson, the, the main point guard there for St. Mary's, was starting hot. And mm-hmm. UCLA was able to kind of get it get it under control, slow him down, uh, pick it up, and play great defense from that point on. But mm-hmm. if North Carolina has that kind of start, if it's R.J. Davis – who, who's scoring eight points in the first four minutes, you might be in for tr- a little bit of trouble there. That's true. I'll give you that. I think um, what what UCLA didn't do is that they didn't rotate to the shooters. If you look at uh, St. Mary's, like, the, you know, Johnson's first couple shots, they were there, but their hands were down. So what they need to do is, like, come out and close out like they did in the second half. And, you know, what they did in the second half was they were much more aggressive in the one-on-one and they was much more aggressive, like to not let him beat them off the dribble. And like they they shot a lot of tough twos. And what UCLA makes UCLA defense so great is that you really don't get a lot of offensive rebounds against them. And if they make you shoot a lot of tough twos, and if they make North Carolina shoot a lot of tough twos and keep them off the glass, 
I think they can really, really kind of control the tempo of the game. Where in North Carolina, they want to get out and run. So they want you to turn the ball over and get out so they can get on the break. Um, their, their half-court offense is so, it's good, so-so. But they, they want to get you in a turnover game and get you in a full-court kind of situation where it's like their athletes can take over. Well, UCLA has the smarter team, uh, and they have the, 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 the way better point guard play. Point guard, two guard, three guard. That's UCLA's kind of thing. And like I said, I think Jaime is better than their their version of it, their format. The only thing they have is the big man. Uh, I really think they recently can control the tempo, don't turn the ball over, which they won't, and stay keep them off the glass. I think they can really have a good shot at winning this game. Yeah, like I said, I, I feel comfortable. I'm, I'm for the most part in your camp, but just looking at some numbers that maybe uh, are a little area of concern. Um, like you were talking about, North Carolina wants to make this a turnover game, full court yeah. game, run it. Yeah. Uh, they forced 10.1 turnovers a game, 13th best in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, while UCLA, uh, I think averages nine, 9.1 per game, which is top five in the country. Mm-hmm. So it's really strength on strength there. North Carolina also ranks 250th in their own turnovers with about 12 a game. So they may be coughing it up anyways. It's just, is UCLA going to be coughing it up too? Is it going to be back and forth? Or is UCLA <laughs> going to be able to win this turnover battle like they do most nights? And then the other thing, yeah. um, talking about Bacot, uh, the, the reason why UCLA's defense was able to settle in so well in the last 30 minutes of that game against St. Mary's was they stopped doubling because they pretty much realized they didn't have to. They they could switch and be confident in the switches and and keep Cody on a guard and and trust that he forces a tough look like you're talking about. Uh and trust that if Jules is in the post on someone who they want to St. Mary's bigs, he can force a tough look there or make him kick out, whatever it is. I don't know if 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 Bacot is backing down Johnny Juzang, if I, th- I feel like UCLA is going to want to double. And then if they're doubling, they're going to be rotating and then they're going to be swinging around. And that's what caused them problems early on against St. Mary's that could kind of show its face again against North Carolina, but to a larger extent because they are more offensively talented. So it- it's a tough situation to be in because you want to trust your guys and stay steady on defense. But you also know that North Carolina is going to be able to take advantage of those mismatches a lot more than St. Mary's did. Well, you know, I, I think what North Carolina should do, I mean, North Carolina, what you said they should go to North Carolina is that they should let the guards fight over the pick. I don't think the point guard is going to go for 30 again. You know, I don't think he's going to come out and shoot, hit five, six threes in the game, <laughs> you know, after going one for 10. I think the law of average is going to even out. Yeah. So, you know, so I think that they should just fight over the pick and just keep Cody on the cot, you know, keep the big man on the big man. So you won't be scrambling. Like you said, I think, um, you know, UCLA has to keep it within a half. They have to keep it a half court system game, make North Carolina work. Now North Carolina doesn't do a lot of pick and roll as much as St. Mary's does. Um, they are like, if you notice, they're a one-on-one from the top, one-on-one from the wing kind of offense, you know, um, now he might add a lot of pick and rolls this, this game, you know, but they are like, they're more one-on-one and beating you off the dribble man to man kind of thing. So UCLA's guards and their big man is going to have to man up period, you know? Yeah. So there's definitely a lot to talk about with this game battle of two blue bloods. You, you love to see it in terms of the scheduling, the matchup, the, the colors, the brands, right. It, right. That'll definitely be really fun. Uh, that should pretty much do it for this week's episode of Believe in UCLA presented by Bet Online. Uh, it, there might be another episode coming later this week. We'll see. There might be two. Uh, so make sure to turn on notifications uh, on Spotify, Apple, whatever. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a little plug for that just to make sure you catch the next episode whenever it may be. <laughs> who knows? It's a surprise. Might be Wednesday, might be Friday or Sunday. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Travis, thanks so much for joining me again. Where can people find you and your work online? Pretty much they can find me uh, at Travis W. Reed, R-E-E-D, uh, on Instagram, uh, at Travis W. Reed, and then at Travis W. Reed on Facebook. 
And if you want to catch me on my other show, uh, Travis Reed and Athlete's Journey on the same network, feel free to check that out. It's good content on that as well. It's good stuff. Sounds good. So you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Conan, or you can head on over to allbruins.com, the UCLA site for Sports Illustrated. We got football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, gymnastics, all that fun stuff is up there. You can head on over there, check it all out. This goes up there, so you can find this there too. You can follow us on Twitter at SI.AllBruins or on Facebook at SI underscore AllBruins. So just want to thank you again for listening. Appreciate it. Another big week for UCLA men's basketball, and it'll be a fun one. No, definitely will be. I'm super excited about uh, Friday. Uh, Like I said, People, you think I'm playing. I think UCLA has a, a definite good chance to get to that Final Four. Uh, I think they should win. I think they should win. Uh, and they will win on Friday. This is just coming from a friendly UCLA guy. And <laughs> they sh- they should win on Sunday, depending on who they play. If they play Purdue or whoever comes out of that other, other bracket. St. Peter's. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> the peacocks, baby. The peacocks. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will see you later this week. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.